Hey everybody, this is Chris Bradley here and I am drinking at Moe's. All right, everybody, welcome to Drinking at Moe's. host Big Mo here. Be sure YouTube all the, oh boy, I'm about to sneeze. False alarm, but be sure to like, subscribe, all that good shit because it helps out with that damn algorithm. We're most places you can find your podcast. Now that that's out of the way, today I'm excited to have with me the one, the only, Chris Bradley. How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Oh, I can't complain. I've had a pretty good uh, little, I mean, we're in WrestleMania week as of sure. the recording of this, but I even had a good wrestling week last week getting to go to my first ever AEW recordings. Oh, Never shit. been able to do that. and That was a fun time. Got it. Okay. I actually had somebody that uh, I've recorded with that works with them now, mostly for Ring of Honor, actually messaged me during the show like, oh, shit, you're here. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. And That's awesome. We, we have a promotion here in Omaha that made their, uh, for the lack of a better way to put it, their re-debut because their original founder, their owner, had passed away. And the people he handed it off to took the reins, and now they're off. And then you might have heard of this guy, but the guy goes by the Carver, runs a promotion out here, uh, mostly out in Iowa, but they made their Omaha debut where I live. I got to attend, and holy shit, that was some crazy stuff. But like I said, I've had a pretty good wrestling week. We're in WrestleMania week as of recording this, so... I can't complain. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, for sure. I'm thinking it's going to be a big weekend for sure. Oh, most most definitely. I mean, heck, all the stuff for the GCW Collective and everything that got going out west. I mean, I know pretty much everywhere's got something going on. And right. Just some cool shows in Williamstown this weekend, too, in New York. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And I'm wanting to say this weekend, I know the uh, the SATs, I believe, they got their promotion running out and forgetting the exact location, but it's in New York City and they got a show going on. I know I've been talking to them about that. And so, like I said, just a great time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, for sure. It's always, it's always hectic this time of year. It's always oh. something. It's just, it's very, it's very, uh, it's very good for everybody, you know? Oh, most definitely. The more, the more options out there, the more chance the people like you than other wrestlers get, get to make money. So, hey, sure. nothing Spotlight's, wrong with that. Spotlight's a little brighter this weekend, I believe. Everybody's watching. Oh, yep. Yep. Eyes are definitely on just about everybody. Before we get into a lot of this stuff here, first thing I'd like to start off with everybody with, especially first-time guests, is what got you started as a fan, and then what got you started making the leap into the business, because everybody's got their own story. Right. It's just a timing thing for me. So, I mean, obviously, I was a fan of, uh, like, WBF and WWE when I was a kid, and then... uh, in my teenage years, I used to go to the arena for the old CCW shows with some friends and stuff like that. And, you know, we did we did backyard wrestling. You know, we were all in that crazy shit. Kind of grew out of it a little bit. 
started getting in my late, like my early twenties. And just, then I just started, as I got into my mid twenties, started kind of falling back in love with it again, starting to see indie shows. And then boom, I ended up at H2O and everything just kind of took off from there. It's been a whirlwind since then. I mean, I've been oh. five posts since it's boom, that fast. Oh yeah. No, I know for me, I didn't get started on independent wrestling anyway. God damn it. Sorry, my dogs are acting crazy. But I didn't get started on independent wrestling until I was stationed in the Navy down in San Diego, California. And okay. Just happened, happened to Google pro wrestling in San Diego. And then I ended up having a chance meeting with the guy that ran the promotion here in Omaha before he passed. And then when I came back home, boom, and now, now here I am. So Yeah. It's crazy, right? Oh, totally. But also on that, what got you started wanting to like actually make the leap into the business? Because, you know, I've, I've talked with everybody that some people get started later. Some people get started like hell. Billy Starks for one. Yeah, she's the, she is just doing some crazy stuff, just blowing up. I am just extremely happy for her i've been she's able got to talk to her hands man 18 years old and she's already doing things that people have never done in their careers have been wrestling for 20 years it's insane i know man it's it's awesome and heck she's been on i'm wanting to say just about every one of the episodes of the the new era of ring of honor so far yeah. and awesome. she she picked up one hell of a win last week so she she's on a damn roll. Yeah, she's she's awesome. Oh yeah, nothing but good things about her. But uh, so to backtrack a little bit, um, the kids that um, not say kids, the guys that I used to backyard with in my teenage years, you know, we were all close friends. We still remain close friends through the years, and we have like a lot of our old shit on YouTube. Every once in a while, we'll throw it on while we're drinking at a party. You know, just remember old times, like yo, back in back in the backyard, we had like a makeshift ring and stuff like that, and um. We just we were all just spit, spitballing ideas one night, and we're just like, you know what? Why don't we uh, why don't we just run a couple shows for fun, just for like old time sakes? And then we we ended up uh, financing a ring, and next thing you know, we're just we're just kind of just running shows like twice a month, just for fun. And then it was just like, you know, why don't we really just you know, a couple of us were just like, why don't we really just go do this for real? Let's go get trained and do this for real, because you know we're yeah. having we're having a good time with it. And it was it was crazy because like we'd have these little backyard shows and we would draw like 50 fans from the neighborhood. They would come and watch and stuff. And then you start getting like the juice is blowing up being in front of a crowd that are cheering for you. And you're like, you know what? Let's go do this the right way. Let's go do this like, the way it should be done. And then it's just kind of how it just kind of happened. We just fell in fell in HO's lap and then we're off to the races from there. Yeah, that is that is awesome. And you know what? It's kind of similar circumstance to like talked to a good number of people and seems very similar to how they got started you know they they you know just want to start you know just messing around in the backyard stuff and then you know they like you guys they started you know putting on shows and then it's like you know what i think we, we should you know just go get legit basically yeah, right and i think this thing wrestling has changed i think over the years i think at least when i was younger i remember people like people that went pro never talked about it like it was like the most like 
nothing mm-hmm. sacred. Like, dude, screw that shit. Oh, and they would shit on it. Now people are more open. There was like everybody backyard at some point, man. If they if they told you they were lying, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Everyone was wontons off like trampolines and shit. This is the way it was, man. Like, if you love wrestling, you did it at some point. You just, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, no. If if you love wrestling, you've definitely done the like the oh practicing like the razor's edge on people <laughs> like in in the bedroom and you know just sure. like sure. onto the beds and stuff. Sure. You know, everybody's done that at some point. I've wrestled on mattresses, uh, park floors, makeshift rings, real wrestling rings. Like throughout my whole backyard career, is a good time. Oh, I can imagine. I made a lot no. of. Oh no! Go ahead. I made I made a ton of friends throughout the years from it. Some I still keep in contact with, and they're, now they're watching me now do the pro wrestling thing, and they're like, "Yo, hell yeah, hell yeah!" And then especially doing the deathmatch stuff because we did some of that oh. shit backyard days. Just getting back into doing that, and they're just like, yeah. "Yeah, you know what I mean." You know, you bring up a good topic that you know we segue right into this that I had on later in my notes, but why not go with it? You talk about death matches. What would you say kind of goes? What does it take to be involved in death matches? Because death match wrestling is a whole different animal. Right. It takes a lot. It takes a lot out of you mentally, too. You have to, at least for me, in my personal experience, um, you got to mentally prepare your body for that. And you got to make sure you're in a good mental space. Um, it's uh, It takes a lot out of you, too. And there's like, mm-hmm. there's that are doing this for so long, like, like Matt Tremont, Nick Gage, those guys have been doing it for 16, 20 years. It's incredible, dude. Like oh, yeah. some of the greatest of all time, like wife beater, cheers, Mondo, he went four years, you know, them guys burn out quick. Cause it's, it's just the way it is. It takes a lot out of you. Oh and yeah. The way I feel about it. I feel like every time I, I, I do one, I don't come back a hundred percent. You know what I mean? You leave a little bit of you behind. If yeah. That, and then you got to like recharge your batteries. So, and I, I know there's guys out there that do like weekends where they'll do three straight like monstrous death matches. And I'm like, <laughs> shit. I'm like, I've, I've, I've had weekends where I've done that. And uh, it, it, it takes, it takes, it takes its toll for sure. A lot oh. goes, at least from oh. my point. Oh, no, I, I can definitely understand that because, you know, people don't realize that. You know, just because I don't use the term fake because, I mean, especially with deathmatch wrestling, I mean, the maybe, you know, it's all the same when it comes to, you know, outcomes being predetermined is a term that I like to use a little more. But especially with deathmatch wrestling, the damage that you guys take in there from the tubes, from the panes of glass, from the barbed wire, you can't fake that shit. No, yeah, no, you can't. There's ways to keep it as safe as possible. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, I. And you know, even like you say, safe as possible because the just same the, as in you know you just a regular to. match, something can happen. Right. No matter how safe right. you're making it, some right. accident might happen, and then somebody. Hell, what was it? Hoodfoot got that nasty gash in his arm, and had they had to just end the match right there, and he's out to the hospital. That was uh, them not being as safe as possible. <laughs> I love Hoodfoot. He's my he's a he's a good friend. He's a um, 
but they went a little uh that went a little too far for that one um <laughs> it, it goes more too i know a lot of people shit on deathmatch wrestling they think it's just kind of like you just bash each other's brains in there's there's definitely uh meanings for it stories behind <laughs> it purpose of all you know all that stuff that goes into it there's a lot that goes into it you know there are other hack and slash guys out there you know but I think the, um, the general consensus on is people just don't understand it fully. And just it, it takes a lot to um, prepare yourself to go into that. It's like going to war, man. That's what it is. Oh, totally. And, you know, you bring up a good point because I've talked with guys like uh, Madman Pondo, like Alex Cologne, who was like a bucket list interview guest for me. I, I still like I have signed ring worn kick pads for him down from Alex my man cave. Oh, man, love it. But they all bring up, you know, we talk about people like lots of forms of wrestling. There's the supporters, there are the detractors. And how, you know, deathmatch wrestling, you get that stigma of the, you know, just the backyard hack and slash just beating each other up with shit. But then... There's, you know, when somebody's doing it right and they're, they have the good fundamental wrestling and they have around that all the weapons and shit, you know, it's still telling the story and, you know, getting that good part in and not just the, oh, you got a light tube, you got a light tube. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, there's, there's, Deathmatch wrestling was, I mean, it's just stories are always important. That's the biggest part of wrestling is storytelling. So, oh, yeah. To think that this, that's not a thing and it, it's, they're wrong, you know, but, you know, there's going to be people that are not going to like it. There's going to be people that like it, you know? Yep. Like anything oh, else. Oh, yeah, totally. And like there's, but there's the detractors, there's the supporters. Just like I've talked, I remember we brought up Billy Starks and some of the intergender matches she's been in. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's, the supporters there's the detractors but mm-hmm. everybody i know everybody wants equality everybody on an equal plane and we both agreed what better way to prove if you have somebody regardless of gender and you know they can go put them up with the best of whoever else and bam just let them go yeah right right but, uh, you know, one to definitely talk about, you know, you got the, the hat on there, ICW, no holds barred. I remember getting introduced to them by the SAT because I'm going to say it was WrestleMania week a year or two ago, I think a year ago. And they mentioned one of the, the in the chains shows, you know, where people that maybe if watchers haven't watched some of those shows yet it's basically the way it sounds you take out the ropes replace them with chains and bam you let you let them go and not only that but they've also had their uh basically a cage match show they're like was pit pit fighters yeah sure those those shows those are another one that Man, I've loved watching those. Those are what fun. I love those. I love the Fit Fighters. I love yeah. the the, the, the um. I like the chains too. They're 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 a little bit of a pain in the ass because for me, I like to use the ropes, so that cuts mm-hmm. my arm in half. 
You know what I mean? Me and Slack are actually talking about this. It's like, dude, it cuts it cuts your shit in half, dude. Like, you know what I mean? So you gotta you gotta think outside the box a little bit more, which helps you helps you become a better worker too. Yeah. I, I do love the pit fighters though. I have a good time with those. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed the ones that I've been able to watch because it's you know, for describing it for those that'll watch this that haven't seen it before. It's very unique concept. You don't see many many shows in general like that where the crowd is that close and you just have the cage surrounding you and yeah i love it crowds that close you feed off it it's the oh, best oh i can only imagine because you hear people talk about like the the bigger the bigger arenas or the bigger venue shows and you know the amount of people in there and yeah cool to be in front of that many people but when you get them right in there and just yeah. that that intimate for the lack of a better way to put it it's like that and stuff like that yeah, it's, it's fun it's awesome so what is what are some memories you have of some of those shows because you know like i said some people that might end up watching this maybe might not have had their eyes on that yet right uh my my first memory of that is uh the one in boston uh in august i went we went up there and uh, i wrestled matt tremont in uh, the battle of the tough guys in the main event i didn't know we were going to be the main event and they dumped that on me when i got there and i was like holy shit i was a little nervous and uh it was my first time going out there for an icw show and i came out and it was just ecw vibes to me it's what i felt from the crowd i'm sucking it all in and i'm looking around and once i get in the cage i'm looking around everybody's real close like within like three two or three feet from the cage and i'm looking around i'm like holy shit this is awesome this is this is that was a goosebumps moment and another one when we wrestled in uh the heart ballroom i wrestled uh my tag partner christian ross Mm. i remember coming out and the way they have the lights set up the lights are just spotlights on you and you got everybody up in the balconies and everyone all around i'm just like oh this is this is like this is this is awesome it's just that that is something else you know when you, yeah. you bring up your tag partner there i've talked with him about coming on so we'll see when we nail down a date for that that would be another cool one and you talk about matt tremont i damn being in the main event with that man holy yeah, yeah that was big that was big i can, I can imagine it was big after Gave me like a little headbutt of approval, which is which is also for me it was a it was a special moment. That was oh, one, thank you. one of the most special moments probably so far in my career, I believe. Just getting hey. well, not only from your trainer, but from someone who's been dominating that genre of wrestling to be like, "Yo, you're good." You know what I mean? Oh, totally. That getting that stamp of approval yeah. has got a very special moment. I can totally understand you there, and yeah. you know bringing up Tremont, him and his promotion, H2O, and some of the amazing stuff they're accomplishing. I mean, Billy Starks has done great things there. You got Manders tearing things up there. What's it been like being a part of that? Because it it is a relatively new promotion compared to some of the others out there. Seven years in June. That that's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. You know, for independent promotions being around for that long, I mean, there's some out there that 
they're getting into the double digits, but then there's others that maybe a couple years, if that. Right, so, right. You know, you definitely got something going going good there. Yeah, for me there, it's different than anywhere else. Obviously, uh, Matt Tremont and uh, Preacher trained me there. So I came up from the ranks from there. I started at the bottom. You know, we started, you know, training and then um, he had his student shows that we were on. I was on for a good nine months before I made my main roster debut when the wrestled blackout was main roster debut and then started still, you know, building steam and becoming where we are today. Me, even Christian himself, too. We went from down here to we set the record for tag team championships in that building. And then we're having feuds with Schlack and Dan O'Hare and we're doing all this <laughs> shit. And now we're like, you know, some of the main guys on that roster now for going from here to there, there it just it's, holds a little bit different than anywhere else. Oh, totally. And you bring up some great names there. I mean, hell, Schlack, he's definitely the, the type that uh, <laughs> I. That's man, my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? I, when I, sound a little nervous there that would be more me like being across the ring that first time and you see that guy coming at you and you're like oh fuck you know it's crazy too i love i love my whole feud with him and uh after i'm out like i'll i'll wrestle shellac every day i don't care and they're like are you are you crazy are you nuts and i'm like i don't know i guess i'm different i love it you know what i mean it's just it's great chemistry every time hard hitting it's like two bears just you know what I mean? Like it's for me. I love. Yep. I'm excited for the one I got this weekend. I'm wrestling Remington Roar. I've heard good things about him. Mm. So uh, think I've heard that, good about him too. I feel like it's going to be that kind of match on uh, on Sunday. Oh yeah, no the the bits that I've been able to see of him, I I can definitely see where you would say that definitely. Yeah. Like a big boy, so <laughs> definitely a, a shot of me. So I gotta I gotta respond. No, yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely hoping to reach out there. My my April filled up a little quicker than I anticipated. So <laughs> I'm have I'm already having to look into May for recording. So I'm like, damn, good thing. Uh, oh yeah, no, I'm not complaining one bit. So <laughs> get that there. But you know, we talked a little bit, you know, about. It's WrestleMania week. There's lots of stuff going on. What are some of your Mania week plans? This week, I uh, I don't have too many plans. I have uh, like two or three shows this weekend. Potentially ICW, um, Ruthless Pro Wrestling, then I'll be at H2O on Monday. Other than that, I'm just going to lay low. You know what I mean? Oh, I'll, hey. I'll, I'll dig into it. You know what I mean? I kind of want to see Cena in theory. I'm excited for that. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. Roman and Cody, I'm excited for that. Oh, I, I, I got to agree there. I'm definitely excited for that one. Out west this year and next year. Maybe next year I'll, I'll head out to WrestleMania weekend. This year going to keep it low-key. Hey, nothing wrong with that. You know, you hear about some of the the schedules. Some guys keep, you know, going down there and being a part yeah. of all that. Holy crap. Sometimes multiple shows in one day. Yeah. And you, you figure in hell, especially – this year, Hollywood, they're in LA. Yeah. LA traffic trying to get around to different parts of town 
yeah. multiple shows in a day. That's going to be nuts. It's going to probably be bonkers. And my, my boy Marcus Mathers has a schedule like that, man. He wrestles nonstop. He's bouncing. He'll go from Chicago to Alabama, back to Jersey. Then he's in Boston. I'm like, dude, I don't know how you how you do it, man. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. Oh, yeah. Another guy. Bars oh. here at the time, too. I, I'm not a big big fan of that. Mm, yeah. No, so. I know another guy that I've talked with about potentially coming on who you bring up crazy schedules and with him, uh, John Wayne Murdoch. Okay, yeah. The guy's a damn machine with a schedule he keeps. It's funny you say that because every time I see him, I walk up to him. I'm like, dude, you're you're a fucking machine, dude. You're a machine. Excuse my life. <laughs> and he's just like that. And thank you, man. And I'm just like, I watch his stuff. Like, he goes, he goes 120% every time. Every time. Yeah. Every single time. And man, I, I I love watching his stuff. So I'm not complaining one bit. The more I get to see him, the better. He's entertaining too. Is this it's so underrated about him? Is he's He's such a good, like the last show he did, he came out dressed as Danny DeMano. He did it to a T. He came out, did the whole thing. It was just, it's such good stuff that he does, too, on top of oh, his. Oh, build. yeah, totally. He, you know, he's a total pack. Oh, yeah. No, he, he definitely knows how to entertain the crowd. Well, yeah. I have two categories here. One's a bit of a name game. Then... Others, some random questions. I never know what until I'm literally putting together my notes. We'll start off with the name game here where oh I, I try to kind of theme it towards the guests as much as possible and, you know, going on social media and seeing, you know, who like, like Facebook, who we're mutual friends with and just seeing, okay, Let's see, this person, this, that's a lot how it goes sometimes. First one kind of brought him up a little bit, tearing it up in, you know, all over, H2O, GCW, the one, the only Manders. Okay. And you just give me your thoughts on the people. Okay. I, I mean, I love, I love Manders. He's a good, he's a good dude. Uh, he's a phenomenal worker. I've got a chance to work him two or three times. Always good vibes with him. Uh, easy guy to work with. One of the nicest guys I've ever met in the business. I personally love the guy. Oh yeah. Nope. I got nothing but good things to say about him. I had the pleasure of meeting him down at uh, Sammy Callahan's promotion, Wrestling Revolver. Been yeah. to a couple of their shows and First time I actually got to meet him at one of their shows, I ended up, I, I ended up getting him rolling, laughing because the guy next to him was talking about my beard, and then asking about like, oh, how long are you gonna take that? And I joked with him like, yeah, I'm I'm not shaving it because you know me, no facial hair and bald. <laughs> my my head looks like a penis. <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't even know you you were bald underneath that hat. So that hat does you just <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I got them both rolling with that one. So I'm like, yes. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, love- no, 
His manners, manners rules, man. He's he's a good dude. Oh yeah, totally good dude. Always and, good. Uh, this this last revolver show, I actually got to see the main three people that you hear about when you hear about the second gear crew: him, Matthew Justice, and Mansard. You got to see them all in the same show, first time ever. And me, I'm kind of a big, I'm a big fan of tag team wrestling. I love tag teams. I love that intensity. And second gear crew, especially right now, one of my personal favorites. And they're on our We've been trying to figure that out, but they're on our hit list. Okay. I, you know what? I would love to see that. I would actually love to see that very I, much. I so. think Ross and Bradley and uh, Justice and Man's match would do would do wonders for the whoever would book that. Whoever that oh. can be. Oh, totally, totally agree. Next one, we talked a little bit about intergender wrestling. And another, she's also involved with death matches. She is very much, the way I like to put it, an equal opportunity ass kicker, Mickey Knuckles. <laughs> uh, Mickey's awesome, too. I've worked Mickey a, a couple times. Uh, I had one of my most brutal matches with her in, in June on uh, the sixth anniversary show last year. If you guys ever can check that back, uh, me and Ross versus Chondo and Mickey, the bloodbath. Uh, she's tough as nails, man. She's tough. She's tougher than most of the dudes I know, to be honest with you. So uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody's ever uh, judging her based on her gender. Oh, so <laughs> that, that, would be, that would be true. And anybody that would uh, make the mistake of ever doing that, they're going to be – they'll be eating their words soon thereafter. Headbutt coming for you. <laughs> oh, no, that is true. That is true. She's tough. You know, oh, oh, God, there is no doubt about that. Um, we kind of brought up this guy a little bit. I hope you somebody I don't like. I want to shoot on somebody. Fix. <laughs> okay. Huh. <laughs> you know what? I, because we haven't really talked about – some of it I don't, you know, I I don't know this until I get I just name off some names. So no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we we talked a bit about you had a feud with this guy. Schlack. He's he's a he's a close friend of mine, does all my tattoos for me. Uh I go to him for advice all the time. He's another one, he's a good dude. He's uh he's it's funny because people look at him and they, and they probably have their own judgments on the kind of guy he is. He's really a fucking good dude, especially if he's your friend. You know, maybe if you're not oh. his friend, good dude. But, you know, if you're his friend, you're solid, you know. Oh, no. Then you know what? I've actually heard that the handful of people that I've mentioned in my podcast, him too. And uh, he's a, a paisan too. So we got that, you know, we got that Italian blood in us stick together you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah gotta, gotta stick together but yeah i hear lots of good about him and he about how everybody says that he has that vibe you know if if uh he considers you one of his friends he, he he's got you you're good yeah and yeah. if you're not friends then uh, you know i guess you're out of luck <laughs> very very <laughs> true he he definitely comes across as a guy you don't want to get on the bad side so you, you, got, a, the, you hmm? got a pack uh, how do you feel about rogers right now <sighs> <laughs> i'll i'll say this 
it, because it, as of right now, it doesn't, all the signs are pointing towards that deal happening. It's not a done deal yet, but I am as much as I've been a lifelong Packer fan. I've been a Rogers fan, even through some of the craziness recently. Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, you know what? If he don't want to be there, let, let him go. Yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. It's, it's getting to that Brett Favre level now. And you know what? I talked, I actually talked uh, shortly after. I think it was, it might have been a day after he broke the news on uh, Pat McAfee's uh, podcast about wanting to go to the Jets. And I, the person asked me, so do you think the, the Packers and the Jets got something going on there? Because, you know, first Brett Favre <laughs> leaves, goes to the Jets. Now Rogers leaving, go to the Jets. And I, he's like, man, if they go to the, if he goes to the, the Vikings, Vikings after that, I'm like, you know what? Then I'm going to know something's up because that is just too damn weird of a coincidence. You know what? Honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past Aaron Rodgers, man. He's goofy, dude. So I, I could see him doing some crap like that. I could see him pulling some stunts. I think them sending him to New York is them just kicking him out of the conference. You know what I mean? They're not going to deal with him out of sight, out of mind type thing. Yeah. I, you know what? I I hadn't really thought that much about it, but you know what? I can see that being the case. Because I, I think originally, uh, not to get sidetracked too much, but I think when Brett got traded there, I don't think he really wanted to be there, but I think they just wanted to get him out of the not, – not they didn't want him to go to the Vikings at all, for sure. I think that's where he wanted to go. They were never going to do that. It just – we'll see you later. We'll see you once every four years if you hang around. You know what I mean? No, definitely. So – yeah, like I said, I, I and hell, I love talking about more than just wrestling on the show. But yeah, when it comes to that whole ordeal, I'm just ready for it to be done. I'm an Eagles fan, man. Now I'm still in pain, dude. So, oh god, yeah, that yeah. That, that was uh, you're just holding a, that. Oh, uh, there's a bunch of things there, and you yeah. know what. You know what? I'm not mad that the call was made. It was the correct call. But what I uh, am upset about is that that exact type of play happened about six times throughout that game for both sides, and they let it go. But then they called it there. That's the issue. It's like you, you can't let it go. You already established to the players that this is what we're doing. You, you guys can get much. So now you're, it's in your head that, okay, I can get away with this little tug right here. The call in that moment was just – just outlandish and there was a bunch of other crap too but oh yeah no i i can i can agree you know you want the refereeing to be consistent if you're not gonna call a certain thing just don't call it at all don't just wait until the game's on the damn line yeah just there was okay there was a couple that were worse there was the one on juju in the beginning that was bad and the one on quest Watkins that was pretty bad it was just like we didn't see it all good yeah no i i definitely remember i mean hell when it comes to super bowl i'm just happy i have a job where i work days and i don't work weekends anymore so i don't have to worry about if i have that weekend off or not yeah because the last job i had before the one i have now i only got every other weekend off 
And I think the entire time I was there, Super Bowl weekend, I only had that off one time in the entire four years. Wow. Yeah, if, if my Eagles are in the, in the playoffs, I'm, I'm watching, <laughs> no matter what. I'll cancel bookings. I'll do whatever, whatever it takes, especially the Super Bowl. I will not be wrestling the night the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. I just wouldn't – you wouldn't get a good match out of me. My mind would be on something else. <laughs> oh, yeah. This and, wouldn't be – Oh, totally. I'm, I'm the same way whenever the Packers actually make the playoffs. And, yeah. you know, circling back to the uh, Aaron Rodgers stuff, my I actually got to attend my first ever game at Lambeau. This last season, the last game of the season, and, you know, it's just weird for me thinking that my first ever game at Lambeau is quite possibly Aaron Rodgers' last game as a Packer. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, it was definitely crazy. Even crazier, too, that, like, you know, just just the last thing I'd say on this is, like, since I was was born in 91, so I'd say about 92, you guys have two quarterbacks. I know! And I'm like, it's 2023. These guys got, you guys get miles out of them quarterbacks for sure. Oh, it's good. And he could give you that kind of run too. Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely crazy thinking about that. You know, going back to literally 92, the Packers have had two starting quarterbacks that entire time. When 30 in 10 years. (laughs) I know, right? It's nuts. Well, Going back to the name game, a guy that I actually just released his episode yesterday. He has a big show this weekend for the SAT's promotion. Wrestling is now Joey Conway. Okay. I like, I know him. He's, he's a cool dude. I met him a couple times. I was just on a show with him a few weeks ago at, um, uh, what's the name approaching? Uh, don't do this to me. NY, uh, NYCW, I think it was. NYWC? NYWC, sorry. Uh, my mind went blank. Yeah, NYWC, Psycho Circus. And I met him a few years ago at a, a TOS in Atlantic City. It was during the COVID era when they had the TOS outside in that sandlot. And I met him, and we, we hit it off. We were drinking, you know, having a good time. And I've seen him there again, you know, had a shot in the back. Good dude. I like his work. I like uh, I like what he does. Oh yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to see how stuff turns out this yeah. weekend. For good to hear he's getting a good opportunity like that. Oh yeah, I mean there was an opportunity in the match that he had. It was going to be a like a four way match where we talked about him being excited about this guy being in it, but Chavo Guerrero was supposed to be in the match. But yeah. something happened, you know, they always say card is subject to change. Something yeah. happened. It's a triple threat now. But it's still a pretty damn stacked show, and he's getting an opportunity to showcase himself there. So that's awesome. You get to be in a locker room with all them talented people and stuff, pick everybody's brains. It's just, it can do nothing but good for you. Oh, no, totally agree. Now, I mentioned my random question category. I literally – only have two questions on here that I keep on every time. The first and the last one. Everything else, I don't know what I'm going to have on there until I'm putting together my notes. I give the question, you give me your thoughts. First one. One I love asking. Craziest in-match moment. For me or just in general? For you. 
craziest in-match moment, uh, I would say um, the finals of Matt's um, the Tag Team Deathmatch Tournament in May, mm. the TNT, too. I was climbing to the top of that uh, 14-foot ladder gimmick. I don't know if you've seen the spot. Uh, Dan O'Hara is laying down. He has about a bundle of, like, 16 tubes on him. I, and I, I do. I remember seeing and I, as I'm trying to climb it, uh, I realized that the, the legs, w- whatever way it was, the, the, the arms were bent the wrong way and I couldn't, and I was trying to have people hold it and they were holding it from outside the ring. And uh, I'm climbing up and I'm like, this is, this is sketchy shit. And uh, I go to jump off and it kicks out. And as I'm falling, I just remember just like, it was slow motion, I'm coming down. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get my arm across him so I can just get enough of it and keep him safe and keep myself safe. And I like, I got some glass in my wrist and shit. And like, for me, that was probably one of my craziest in ring moments. Cause it just, it just felt like everything was just slow motion. Like once the ladder, I was kind of, you could if you watch the clip, man, I'll send you the clip later. I'm kind of like, it's almost like a free fall. And then I just kind of like get it just in time at the end. Oh yeah. The that, rough that, that definitely is an insane one. I, I've seen my fair share of craziness with ladders. One was with the guy that uh, I ended up making the best man at my wedding because he is a wrestler in town that ended up introducing me to my wife. Okay. And he, they had a, a ladder bridge between the guardrail and the ring apron. He has a guy on his back and I see him look down and I'm on the other side of the ring. I'm like, Oh God, no. Like, I just had in my head what I knew he was going to do. Yeah. He looks down. He he jumps. And before I know it, the ladder folds, and I see him disappear on the other side of the room. Jesus. Were they okay? They were okay, luckily. <laughs> it, it, was, it was insane. And then personal, like, I don't know if I'll – I've seen some craziness, but this one is absolute tops for me right now. My first ever what I call legit death match and not just a death match masquerading as a regular no DQ match. Yeah, for sure. But it was Jake Chris versus Joel Bateman at Revolver. Joel and Bateman. The match before it was a monster's ball match. There was like thumbtacks and all sorts of shit already throughout the ring they were coming in to to clean it up jake chris runs in it's like fuck this leave it here let's go boom match starts and craziness ensues but it ended by them taking four metal folding chairs bridging two panes of glass and then i see bobby olsen his manager running in there pulls out lighter fluid lights the glass on fire yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's not dangerous enough we gotta add fire too <laughs> <laughs> like i my jaw was already on the floor when i saw him pull out the lighter fluid yeah. then they go and they light the glass on fire and i'm just like <sighs> them them panes of glass shred you to uh they shred you up so they're, they're not dangerous enough joel we need to light them on fire too but <laughs> joel, joel, joel rolls i've got a chance to be around joel quite a few times he's awesome Oh yeah, you know he was definitely a cool guy to interact with after the match. <laughs> he likes he likes the skinny tubes, man. He, they use the T8s in Australia. They don't have the T12s. Ooh, I'm like Jesus, man. Uh, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I remember at uh, Mid Death Pro, 
here this last Saturday, you know, there's no rain. It's just craziness all over. I fucking loved it. But I'm, I remember sitting there and I forget who it was at the time, but he used the light tube. And then that, that end piece, the middle end piece yep. flies off and hits me in the foot. <laughs> oh man. I've seen I fans. Still have, I still have the piece in my car. <laughs> Souvenir. Keep it. Oh, totally. Should have made him sign it or something if you could have. You know what? If I if I would have had something that the would have been making it able to sign that, yeah. oh, definitely. Although, you know what? I already got one thing from the show signed. My ticket included a entry into a raffle for something that was used in the show, signed by everybody. I didn't know I won until. The guy that ran the promotion came up and hands it to me. It was a section of a door that was used in, in one of the matches that they broke that they got everybody to sign it. And you could still see blood spots on the door. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, man. I'm just trying to figure out where the hell I'm going to put that damn thing. You got to frame it hanging on the wall. Oh, totally. Man, man cave. Oh, get, get that right up there with the, the Alex Cologne kick pads. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you know, death matches, there's all sorts of crazy shit going on everywhere. All sorts of weapons. What is a weapon you would like to avoid being used against you in a death match or any match in general if you if you had the chance to avoid it? Um, just one. All right. Uh, or you, a couple, if you want. I'm not a big fan of razor boards or pigeon spikes. I know Marcus Crane used to love those, but I, I can't get down with the pigeon spikes, dude. I was doing a, I, I do a heating and air conditioning for my shoot job. And, uh, this is the last year and I'm, I'm putting in the condenser in the backyard and, uh, they got pigeon spikes on the, on the windowsill. And I jabbed my six, seven times trying to work around it. And motherfuckers hurt, man. They are bad, too. So I don't know if there's a way they gimmick them or not, but those mm. are things I would avoid. Pigeon spikes. Not too much of a big fan of the razor boards, either. Oh, yeah. No. I, I, the straight razor guys? Mm, yeah. They kinda, it kind of... It kind of goes along with the... Uh, what people say with the differences between barbed wire and razor wire. The razor wire, you get that, and it's just like razor wire. No way. Uh, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's got that just that sharp. No, no, you just you're you, you die. You'll die. <laughs> yeah. No, I one one weapon that it kind of took me by surprise a little bit when I heard this, but then again, when he explained it, it made sense. Alex Cologne brought up uh, toothpicks. They suck. They suck. Yeah, because, because they get stuck in your body. They get they break and they get stuck. Especially yeah. in the, I, I took them in the head before uh, bad decision, and you're just picking out little pieces and shit. And if you have long hair, it's not a good time. Oh yeah, and you know people don't realize you you might get lucky and you get the whole damn thing out first yeah. try. And break you break off the wrong piece and it's embedded in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now. 
try to stay away from those two as much as possible. Oh, I can't say I blame you. Now, I would feel weird if I didn't have this question in here. I've only ever not had it on a few times. But with a show called Drinking at Moe's, I need to have this question on here. Favorite drink, whether alcoholic, non, or if you want, one of each. Uh, beer, Budweiser. It's my favorite. I'm a Bud. I uh, always have been. Um, I like Jameson whiskey. If I'm going to shoot with Jack Daniels is fine, too. Uh, I, like, I like some Red Bulls and Vodkas, too. They're, they're good. Uh, I'm not too much a big drinker as I used to be in my, my 20s, but uh, there's a five. <laughs> At least three, two go my three go tos. Okay, nothing I'm wrong with a, that. A wiser and shots of whiskey. We're, we're good with that. <laughs> yeah, I remember if it's there. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of Miller Lite. Yeah. No, I I know some people that are huge into Miller Lite. Me, not <laughs> Not so much. You know, Budweiser's good. I do enjoy uh, Coors Banquet. I do enjoy that one. Or uh, I wish they had this one available here in Omaha, but uh, Stone Cold's uh, Broken Skull American Lager. I don't know. I had I've had one of his before. Uh, it didn't taste like I thought it would. I, you might be thinking the the IPA. I can the definitely had the IPA, and I, I drank it, and I was like, "This this is not something I feel like he drinks." I just can't. He, imagine he drinks this. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no, totally. Uh, I, yeah. I can, you know what I mean? It's corny. I don't like it. I like it. You know what I mean? That like, oh yeah, why is it for me? Like that kick it has. It's just that's. that's oh yeah, I'm, no, I'm I'm totally with you there. The American Lager though of his, I want to say in at least to me that seems like it would definitely be more of what I would envision him yeah. like drinking every an everyday drink for him or something. Yeah. Because even him, he used to drink Budweiser's back in the day, and he had oh, the uh, the Steve yeah. Weiser's. Yeah, Steve Weiser's. Yeah, and then I think he might have did Miller Lights too at some point. You, you know what? I think he did a handful of just about every everything they threw at him. So. <laughs> we started watching his diet. He started going to the uh, the light beers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Next up, you know, traveling up and down the roads. Everybody has their go-to snacks. You know, you got to have something to kind of snack on, keep that energy up. What would you say is a go-to road trip snack? Probably like beef jerky and Gatorade. Okay. I'm, I'll get a I'll get a bag of like beef jerky teriyaki or something like that. I'll get a yellow mm. yeah, stuff like that, or what's on the way sheets, or you know, get I'll try I'll try to eat. The best I can. I mean, this last trip to Chattanooga, obviously, there was, like, the Waffle House down there and a Cracker Barrel. So, I'm going to, like, try something. Once I got sick eating. Mm. Bad, bad stomach bug for, like, six days. Um, but you, I try to eat the best I can on the road, which is it's hard. So, you know, beef jerk. Protein oh, yeah. bar. Eight or eight or some crap like that. Oh, yeah. No, I, I can understand, you know. Hey. Oh, acting crazy, but I can understand road trips. You know, sometimes the the choices you have might not be the healthiest, but you know, definitely try and and you know, 
you bring up Waffle House. I like to think that uh, professional wrestlers and me being a veteran, I've heard this joke used in both communities that you aren't a real veteran or you aren't a real professional wrestler until you have like a 2 a.m. drunk Waffle House story. <laughs> well, I have a I have a, a 2 a.m. drunk Waffle House story, but it wasn't it wasn't anything cool. We were just kind of uh, sitting there talking about um, this bracket we made up for the greatest wrestlers of all time. Nothing crazy happened. <laughs> it was me, Matt, Andy D'Amato, Christian Ross, Tommy Vendetta. We're all just kind of just BSing and shit. Mainly just me and Matt. I'm asking him. A, a good friend made a, a wrestling bracket. He just wrote like the like a NCAA type bracket, and he had yeah. like seedings. Like yeah, like Brock Lesnar was like a four seed, and like Triple H was a one seed, and they just trickled his way down. Austin ended up winning, by the way. Nice. Or, or Matt, Matt ended up having Brock Lesnar win in, which was surprising, but. <laughs> I mean, I've always been a stone cold guy. I don't know if tables or anything cool like that. I'm kind of laid back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But man, I'm telling you, bringing up stone cold. I like, I don't get starstruck too easily, but stone cold. If I ever got to meet him, I don't know if I'd be able to get a word out. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be speechless the whole damn time. I'd just be like, like I'd have something to get signed by, and I'd be like, eh, eh. "That's your guy. That's your number one." Oh God, yeah, yeah, definitely. He's, he was my favorite. When I was, he was one of my favorites when I was a kid. Him and Triple H, awesome, you awesome. Know, Triple H was never really my guy back then, but I love Triple H. Because what he was able to do is he, he was like, to me, I think he's the greatest heel of all time. And I say this because he was my favorite wrestler, and I still hated his guts. I root against him. And he was my favorite. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> but I love him because he's great. And it's like, but I hate him. He's such an asshole. But like, it's just, he's you, so good. He's you, so you, good. You, you bring up a good point there because I always like to think that the, the real great ones – Throughout wrestling, they can make you love them when they're being the good guy, but they can make yeah. you absolutely hate them yeah. when they're being the heel. Even even Austin did it when he when he joined the alliance and stuff, and everyone was kind of, you know, he still got cheered a little bit, but people weren't in with him as much. He's yeah, no, kind of hard. He's just one of his fan favorite guys. It's kind of hard to make him a full-blown heel. Like, yeah. I would I would have to agree because with the height that he went to after the whole Austin 316 thing just skyrocketed, it's kind of hard to go back to trying to get people to hate him after all that. You know, yeah. you, everybody right. knew who that guy was back then. The Rock did it good too when he came back and did the whole Hollywood gimmick thing. He he was a cunt and he made everybody hate him. And I'm like, this is, this is good. That was those are obviously the that close to being the Mount Rushmores of guys. So, oh yeah, no, most definitely, those guys were the best of the best. Oh, totally. Last but not least, best advice for anybody wanting to get into wrestling: Don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep your mouth shut, your ears open. Um, 
it's it's a tough business. There's a lot of there's a lot of shit in it. it, it um, it's so hard because there's a lot of negativity in it. Stay off Twitter as much as possible. Mm. That'd, be, that'd be some advice I'd give. Twitter is a cesspool of shit nonstop. Um, just ask people for advice. Um, work hard. Be nice to people. You know, uh, Grant, Danny Havings always used to say, it's nice to be nice, you know. So just treat everybody with respect. Try to get as much advice from the veterans as you can. Pick up as much knowledge as you can. Just stay out of trouble. You know, that's the main thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of scumbags in this business. There's a lot of a lot of pieces of shit, and uh, it shows. Uh, it's tough, but um, yeah, it's just as much advice as possible from all your vets, man. I, I've been lucky. I've been able to surround myself with some 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 very talented people, some very smart people. I've been able to pick their brains and and, and get shit from Matt and RSP and this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and just picking a little bit and just taking it and spinning into your own type of stuff, which is, which is good, you know? Oh yeah. No, that that's definitely great advice because, you know, eyes open, you know, mouth shut, eyes and ears open, mouth shut, I guess is the way yeah. I was wanting to say yeah. it. And, you know, you can always improve. There's always, you can always right. learn new things. You get the opportunity to, Sit under the learning tree of any of those guys you mentioned. Yeah. Just sit there, get their advice, learn, because, hell, they've been there and done it. Learn what to do, learn what not to do, and just... And it makes it with wrestling, too. It's it's so subjective. Like, everyone has their different flavors, they call it. Flavors of ice cream, like vanilla, chocolate. This guy might think this is the best way. This guy might think this is the best way, and neither of them are wrong. Neither of them are wrong. So you have to no. find your own blend of ice cream that you like. If you want to blend them together, hey, I, I like to blend chocolate and vanilla together. I call it the black oh. and white. So we're good. <laughs> we're good no, with that. M- most definitely. And, you know, it's what I've took with multiple jobs that I've had. It's like everybody has their own way of getting s- stuff done. Yeah. You, and there's nothing wrong with taking little bits from everybody and molding it into how works best for you to get it done right very much in the that mind with wrestling you know matt tremont might have one way rsp might have one way mold the both of them together with what you learn and bam there you go right yeah oh hell yeah there's a bunch of other uh, name that you know i've learned from or, or gotten advice from and i still carry with to this day but yeah it's just it's a tough business, man. There's a lot of crap in it. You just got to try to stay positive. It's easy to get down. I mean, the highs are highs and the lows are lows. So it's, it's a constant grind too, not just physically, but mentally as well. So you gotta be, uh, you gotta be prepared for everything, you know? No, totally. You know, it's not an easy business. There's people that don't make it very long. There's people that make it their entire lives. You just, got to go in knowing like a, that it's indeed what you want to do and just stick with it. It's like a roller coaster, man. You could be here, 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 here. Mm-hmm. But a guy like Cardone is up here, got knocked here. Now he's back up here again. You know what I mean? Because he did it himself. He made his own, made his own way. Like he said recently too, back in the day when people would leave the WBA, they would go to the Indies and change their name and die. And obviously he didn't do that. He's probably made himself a bigger star than he ever has been, you know? 
that, so that show, is, it goes to show too that you don't need one place to excel in this business. You can go to multiple. You could do it on the indies. You can sign a contract. You can do it multiple different ways. It's not just one place is the end all be all. As I, I feel like it used to be back in the day. You know, that that is true. That is very true because I mean, there's been multiple people throughout wrestling recently that have proven that yeah you a goal might be to have one, a big contract but just because you get released by whatever contract doesn't mean you can't make it out there on indies just look at hell the young bucks clear right. up until their time in with AEW and New Japan they were out there grinding on the indies and they made damn good money right right fans everywhere it's all you saw and build yourself up and brand yourself totally you always gotta look at it you know you, sometimes you just gotta bet on yourself and put, no because hell you you got you gotta want to have yourself to be your biggest supporter your biggest belief because if you don't believe in yourself then the people you're wanting to be out in front of the people you're wanting to book you aren't sure as hell aren't going to do it right 100 percent, definitely well that is about all i have i'm looking like my dogs are wanting outside so i will get wrapped up here but first where can people find you social media wise so if they don't already have their eyes on you they can go ahead and get them there I believe uh, Instagram, Chris Bradley, underscore, uh, Chris underscore Bradley underscore five. And then uh, Twitter, I think it's just at underscore Chris Bradley. Okay, we'll get all that in the description of both YouTube and podcast. Anyways, that is about all I have. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me and best of luck out there with your upcoming shows. Thank you, man. Appreciate being with you. Okay. Hey everybody, Big Mo here. Wanting to thank Reaper Apparel for having Drinking at Mo's be a brand ambassador. They encourage everybody to break out of their comfort zone, live their best self, which, hey, that's what got me starting the podcast. They have great apparel, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, beanies, you name it, they got it. The link will be in the description. Be sure to use the code Mo's to get 10% off your order. Let's fucking go.